need help with a strata law issue or a building and construction matter, Sachs Girachi Lawyers is a leading Sydney law firm that can help. With over 20 years experience, Sachs Girachi Lawyers focus on commercial litigation, building and construction, strata law and local government regulation issues. Now, here is your podcast. The New South Wales Court of Appeal has struck down an attempt from one of Sydney's most famous apartment buildings to ban pets. To find out what this decision means for owners' corporations, I with David Sachs of Sachs Girachi Lawyers. David, a pretty significant decision by the Court of Appeal. A very significant decision, and it will have um, wide-ranging implications for every strata scheme in New South Wales. So what does it all mean from here? Uh, in, in terms of, there, there are two ways of looking at it, Dan. The, the first, the narrow way of looking at it is how it applies to pet bylaws. The broader way of looking at it is how it applies to some other bylaws that um, might have similar sort of legal characteristics to the no pets bylaw. Dealing with the narrow one first, uh, it, it, it's fair to say that every strata scheme that has a bylaw on its books that bans pets absolutely or which bans certain types of pets, all of those bylaws are invalid. Now, when I say invalid, it doesn't mean that from today onwards they're dissolved and they don't exist. It means that if someone seeks to challenge them and brings a challenge to the Civil and Administrative Tribunal, then the tribunal must um, uh, repeal those bylaws and that they will then be removed from the bylaws of that strata scheme. What does this mean more broadly in terms of bylaws that perhaps are um, are a little bit more intrusive than what they should be on, on a person's quality of life? Well, well what, what, what the, when, when one looks at the reasons that the Court of Appeal used in order to justify banning no pets bylaws, uh, one one will see that they did it for for two reasons. One, they said that an owner's corporation can only make a bylaw that regulates the way in which a lot is used if that regulation is um, significantly connected to the way in which other lot owners use their lots or the way in which other lot owners use the common property. So just looking at that point, you can't make a bylaw that just tells a person in lot X what they can do in lot X unless the way in which they control that lot has something to do with other lot owners. Like smoking, for example. You could you could prevent somebody from smoking in their lot, but only to the extent that the smoke drift um, is going into other lots or onto common property and therefore being a, a nuisance or a health hazard mm. to other lot owners. But you could not make a bylaw that prevented people from smoking in their lot under any circumstances where windows and doors were closed and therefore there was no smoke drift onto other lots. The second ground for striking down um, the no pets bylaws was because they said that by by reference to community standards as determined by the Court of Appeal judges, they thought that a blanket restriction on people having any pets was 
harsh, unconscionable or oppressive, in particular oppressive. Now, where this will apply um, in uh, with commonly made bylaws is it will have implications for um, Airbnb, anti-Airbnb bylaws and attempts by owners' corporations to restrict the way in which people are able to rent out their premises or you know, order food from Uber and have people come onto the common property and deliver food or for people to deliver parcels to the lot or for people to have visitors into their property or for people to be able to operate businesses from home and have people come and see them. Because once you start looking at the way in which those things actually work and what it is that they're controlling, um, some of those things can be construed as being an interference with a property owners' rights to use their property freely and properly within a, in accordance with planning laws, but they do not in any way inhibit the way in which other people are able to use their lots or the common property. David, does this mean that you know uh, owners' corporations are now in a bit of a, uh, a flurry of activity trying to get a little bit of introspective about their full collection of bylaws generally? They should. They certainly should be doing that. And, and another one that I was going to mention, Dan, is to do with hard flooring bylaws, which you see in lots of strata schemes. Mm. We, we, we ran a case today, I haven't got the decision yet, in the Civil and Administrative Tribunal where we were seeking to strike down a hard flooring bylaw that we said imposed an unrealistic requirement for noise attenuation on the basis that it um, unduly intruded upon a lot owner's rights to be able to furnish and decorate their apartment as they saw fit without reference to um, appropriate um, standards to be expected of adjoining lot owners um, in their use of enjoyment of their lots or the common property. Uh, we, we expect to be successful on that. But there is a way where within two weeks of Cooper's case, um, we're arguing that the, the reasoning there um, should be used to strike down a, a hard flooring bylaw. Owners' corporations just need to be careful that they don't overreach with their bylaws, that they carefully consider exactly what their jurisdiction is when they're making a bylaw and they don't go beyond that. Because if they do go beyond it, then the bylaw is potentially invalid in all respects. Let's not forget the court doesn't or the tribunal doesn't rewrite the bylaw so it brings it within the boundaries of what's appropriate. If the, if the bylaw as registered goes beyond what's appropriate, then the whole of the bylaw will be struck out. And then it's a matter for the owners' corporation to start from scratch again and see what's able to be done. So for owners' corporations that, that are listening to this podcast, what's your advice to them? They, they, they should be reviewing their bylaws if they've got any of these um, uh, any of these ones that I guess regulate the way in which people are able to use their lots and make sure that uh, that they they don't go too far and that they're not overreaching. No, nobody in an owners corporation wants to get involved in a dispute in the tribunal unless it's absolutely necessary. All of those things are always expensive. Um, they always cement acrimony uh, and that doesn't suit an owners corporation at all. It's a waste of money and it's certain a wa certainly a waste of everybody's emotional energy. If people spend some time making sure that their bylaws are 
appropriately tailored now before there is a dispute and that they'll actually be sustainable, then they can avoid the arguments, the angst, and they can certainly avoid the legal costs of um, being a party to uh, a court dispute or a tribunal dispute. Let's not forget, I, I know Mrs. Cooper, Ms. Cooper in um, with her case that went to the Court of Appeal got some GoFundMe found, um, um, funding, but I, I think that the total cost by the time she'd been the tribunal, the appeal panel and the Court of Appeal were not much short of half a million dollars. That's a, a lot of money. That's a lot of money to deal with a dispute and it's a lot of money to deal with a pet. David, if uh, owners corporations need help and they want to act on your advice, uh, obviously Sextarachi have got loads of experience in this regard. This is exactly what we do and we're um, across all of these matters and what the implications of them are and we can give advice about any bylaw that deals with strata and um, give advice about how, whether it crosses the line and if it does, what should be done about it. David, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or need more information, simply call Sax Girachi on 02 9331 5177.